Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. When you do get behind the mic, I could feel the truth behind your words, like you're feeling like crap, but there's something bigger that brings you to the mic. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, I'm Axel Arinoa. I'm a business strategist, leadership trainer, and a certified coach. I work with remarkable leaders and I help them to do more with less so they can create more money, experience more freedom, and live a fulfilled life. My best piece of advice would be to take care of your own emotional health and physical health first. If you cannot uh, be resilient on the outside and on the inside, then you cannot serve others to your best potential and realize your dreams. As a leader, having empathy for yourself first and then for others will allow you to make small shifts that create an extraordinarily huge impact. I have two Instagram accounts. Uh, one is for the online marketing training, and it is Fearless Founders Lab, written as one word. That's at Fearless Founders Lab. And the second one is just my name written as one word, which is Axela Renoa. So it's Instagram.com slash Axela Renoa. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, I'm racing around trying to jump on a strategy call. And what I've been learning more and more is that trying to do all the things and end we do nothing. So execution isn't what's really important. What's really important is being really clear about what we want to achieve and and the funnel and getting someone there and then what's the outcome and what do we feel really in alignment with. So I know that's something that I, you know, having two podcasts and doing marketing all over the place, all the social media channels and all the community work I do and all the speaking engagements and teaching people how to podcast and all these things. At some point, it gets to be too much. I think even in the beginning, it got to be too much. And sometimes, probably most of the time, less is more. So I've been spending a lot of time on strategy, reconfiguring how to become less in order to be more. So I hope that helps you guys enjoy the next episode. 
A quick note before we get started in this next interview. This interview was amazing. We went for about an hour, so it is a long one. So before we kick it off, she shares something so meaningful toward the end of our conversation. Highly encourage you to stick around to make sure you hear these like really transformative messages on. It sounds so cheesy, but how we could create the life that we deserve and that we desire. But more so, I wanted to share with you her Women in Podcasting community. It's called She Podcast. So if you simply go to Facebook and you type in She Podcast in your search, you'll find her She Podcast Facebook community that she runs with someone wonderful named Jessica. It's Elsie and Jessica who run it. And just because the conversation is on the longer side, I wanted to make sure you had that link right away. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. Today, we have someone who is outstanding. She is a mentor. She leads one of the most resourceful places to be the best podcaster you could be, works for a podcasting company that has extraordinary customer experience. She is a mentor. She is a friend. She is a community champion. Hello, Elsie. What is up? What is up? Hello, love. <laughs> so, You've gotten people excited. If they were sleeping, they would no longer be like, this is not the show that you would put on your ears to go to sleep to. Like, you're not that show. <laughs> not at all. You know, it's no, so no. great. Okay. You guys, a little insider secret is years ago, I wrote a medium post. I think it was my post about how to be a badass female in podcasting. And else with my like following count of five or something, Elsie somehow serendipitously stumbled upon it, reached out to me, and she was kind enough to have me on her show. And it was just such an honor. And I couldn't believe that anyone was like paying attention. And that always stayed with me, just what a community evangelist she is and just what an empowering person she is in our space, in both tech and in podcasting. And it's just long overdue for her to be featured on the Women in Tech podcast. I'm so excited. Elsie, go ahead, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh, gosh. I am uh, somebody who's just obsessed with podcasting and have been obsessed with podcasting forever. And and mind you, the reason that I found you is because I am obsessed with podcasting. So, <laughs> <laughs> Makes so sense. every, you know, every day I'm like scrolling and like stalking every feed that I possibly can find. And, you know, I'm like that person that scrolls through everybody's podcasting articles. I'm stalking everybody's podcast courses. I'm stalking every company that has just come up. And I just make a note and like put it in, in inside my head. And I've been doing that just because I love it so much now for, oh my gosh, since 2006. So like a decade plus of this obsession and it's not stopping. So yeah, that's essentially, I, I am a podcast lover of all sorts. And I just happen to be blessed to make my living in podcasting, like for real. <laughs> What's so cool though is you're so generous with your your intel, like in the She Podcast Facebook community, which you know I tell absolutely everybody in any course I teach, in any speech I give, in any person I'm talking to, if it's a woman interested or a girl interested in getting involved in podcasting, I'm always like, okay, She Podcast is literally the best Facebook group you should be a part of, the best group period Facebook or otherwise that you should be a part of in podcasting. You share your wealth of knowledge like 
just so transparently, like you gave a live stream that I watched literally the whole thing, like the hour or something Aww, that it was. so sweet. And it was so high value. She talked about, okay, Elsie, you don't know this, but uh, this is like a funny <laughs> moment. And I, you guys, I'm sorry if this like interview is going to be kind of like all over the place. I'm just really excited to be talking to Elsie. So you gave this thing and you broke down what it means to have a successful podcast. And I, you know, I'm in a silo. I don't know. I'm always comparing myself against, you know, the tech phenoms, you know? And after you gave it, I'm like, what? I'm in the 1% of podcasts? Right. Yeah. I know. And I I messaged my editing team. I was like, did you guys know that we're in the 1% literally in face camp? They're like, no, we just look at like, you know, the celebrity podcasts. (laughs) And I like you broke it down and it made it so much more tangible. And especially to say that the average, if I remember correctly, the average decent listens per episode. I, I wanted to check if it was per episode or per month for a podcast for just like decent, like it just starting out, but like not starting out like you're you're you've made it to like level one is a, was it 150 uh, an episode or a month? I yeah. think an episode, it was, right? It was right around there, but it is actually both, which is the thing. Oh, per interesting. episode per month. So that's how you measure. It's not in total because as you know, like, let's say you have one episode to start with at the beginning of your show, you know, meaning when you first start the show yeah. and then you have 100 episodes at the end of a year or whatever, you know, but then and yeah. so if you accrue that many download numbers, you're you're naturally going to be getting more download numbers because you have more files. So even if you have like one listener by the end of your 100 show, you'll have 100 downloads because... Right, right. You have, you know what I mean? So you have to really, you take that number from for for every 30 to 45 days. And that gives you an average of, you can kind of like extrapolate what your audience size is by doing it that way. What I loved about you sharing that is uh, most of you listening probably don't know this term. There's a term called pod fade and pod fade is where people get new podcasters or maybe sometimes even, you know, podcasters that have been doing it a while get tired out. And typically it's because they're not getting the listens they want or they're not making the money that they hope to have. And so Elsie, when you kind of broke it down for us as a community, you made it very tangible of like setting our expectations and also having this moment of like, oh, wait, I am doing great. And then you broke it down on like what that level one is. And then you broke it down to like all the way up to what it means to be the top, you know, 10%, the top 2% and the one top 1%. And it really just makes it more tangible and meaningful. And it also gives people who possibly want to quit or experience, go start in that process of pod fade to be like, wait, I am getting the 150. I am doing good. This is good. I think sometimes don't realize just how great that they're doing. They just have this number like 1 million in their head all the time. Right. Which is kind of bizarre to me. And I think that that's why you get so defeated. Could you imagine if every single time, like whatever you were trying to do, you were just thinking that you had to be that whatever, insert the most beautiful woman in the world or like the most, you know, gorgeous house that you've ever seen and thinking that anytime that you saw that, like that's what you're trying to get to and there and you have your own beautiful stuff going on, but you're just judging it based on this like, like there's not that many people that have million dollar houses. You know what I mean? Like right. in, in the, yeah. right? <laughs> and totally. like, you can have a perfectly happy life with a, beautiful little home for your own and and make lots of money and be in a very nice place in your life 
But if you just keep on looking at that, then it doesn't make any sense. And and that's why I like to lay it out that way, because you also know where you stand and you also have power because a lot of people think that you need. We were just doing we just did a webinar um, yesterday for Libsyn. And I'm sure you've heard of the tool called Headliner, um, uh, yeah, which we is use like, it. so then, you know, Headliner and it's, it's a great marketing little tool, right? It just right. creates. So for those of you who are listening, it creates like, it kind of makes your audio, your, your audio file into a video and essentially a static image. Um, and it gives you little WAV files. And then that way you can promote your show in little snippets inside of visual places like Instagram, Instagram stories, YouTube, stuff like that, because then people can, in quote, watch <laughs> the video <laughs> and then see the transcription and maybe it, it, it'll get you more listeners, right? It's just another totally. tool for, for marketing your show. And we all want totally. that. But yeah. the interesting part is that people think that like some of the questions we were getting were essentially like how to optimize it so that people will listen to your show. And that's not a that's not a headliner question, right? That's not a tool question. That's a marketing and strategic question. That's a question you can answer based on your own tests, based on your own branding, based on how clear you are about your message, based on what thing you picked, where you're you're sharing it. Is it Instagram or is it YouTube? You're going to market those two places separately or differently than you would totally. one thing. So, but people want like the button, like if I press this button and it sends it to all these places, will everybody subscribe and will my show grow? (laughs) It's like, well, uh, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. And before we get in too much further, let's tell everybody about what is Libsyn and, and what do you do there? (laughs) Yeah. So I know. So Libsyn is one of the largest podcast hosting and distribution platforms that has been around since 2004, which is like nuts in this kind of a space, right? It is Um, It's crazy. And Libsyn actually stands for Liberated Syndication. And it actually arose from a need that um, some very young guys over in Pittsburgh found out. They were like these dudes that were super passionate about uh, empowering artists and, and, and making sure that everybody had access to get their voice out. And they realized that bandwidth was an issue. So they were creating content, but then an audio content and things like that. And they realized, oh my gosh, it is really hard to distribute all of this content. Like it's, it's hogging up data. It's hogging up bandwidth. It's really hard to distribute. So they found that there was a problem that needed to be solved. And they kind of got together and they decided they wanted to be part of like the revolution of being able to empower people to get their voices out via RSS. And they put all of these things together and Lipson was born. And it was like one of the very first podcast hosting companies that were out there. Um, almost everybody used Lipson at that time because it was like one of the only other than doing that it was like blueberry or you hand coded your rss feed so (laughs) that was about it that was like the only choice um and i started working for them because i again i was a podcast fanatic and i was very excited all the time about anything podcasting related and i was one of the only women around at that time that was attending uh, like podcasting meetups and things like that and weirdly I was podcast. I had my my first podcast was a yoga podcast, and it was an audio yoga podcast. So you can imagine the conversations that I had with people around why number one I'm doing that, and number two, 
why would I be doing that from the podcasters? Like the podcasters are like, why are you podcasting? And then the yoga people are like, why is this audio? And so (laughs) I was like, um, that's how I became known like the yoga girl in the space. But I was so excited and I wanted to learn so much about it that I ended up being hired by Libsyn in like 2008. And I've essentially been with them ever since. And now I am the community manager. So I manage all of the community relations there. I'm part of the podcasting relations team. I really love to bring like diversity and inclusion to the mix, meaning that we really, I really, really want uh, more voices to to be able to have access to our tools so that they can get into the mix, right? And I'm not talking about just diversification in terms of um, demographics or, or anything like that, but also geography and access and being able to understand that, that, you know, there's there's a lot more of the world than just the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And and just and this is le- legit, completely unbiased. I'm not being paid to say this or anything. I think Libsyn has extraordinary customer experience. I've been in the podcasting space myself since like 2012, 2013, really in 2013. And any interaction I've had w- with any of the team members from Libsyn has always been very collaborative, very supportive, and they've never been like, we'll only help you if you're a customer. They're literally community evangelists of podcasting. And I believe, and now I don't work for the company, I'm not in the company, but I believe Libsyn's core values are we just want to push podcasting forward and we want to make it possible for podcasting as a whole to move forward and for people to be able to access podcasting as often as... uh, as it make it accessible as it can be. Now, Elsie, am I right? Am I am I saying anything out of line? Because literally, you don't no. know, you didn't know I was going to say that. So, is that in alignment <laughs> well, with not. what you actually know? <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, it's something that I think it came back from you know from the root of where we've we've come from, and I think part of it is that again, it came from just a, a desire to empower the everyday people to be able to get their voices out. And what we really champion or who we really champion are the independent voices, the voices that are not, you know, backed by larger companies, those folks that just want to get behind the microphone and be able to do the best job that they can and have the tools at their disposal, whether they want to have like to create an entire ecosystem, like like a a brand that's going to take over the world in the same way as somebody who feels like, you know, I really really just need to get my voice out there for my own well-being. Like I need to podcast. It is my hobby. It is my 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 happy place. And I just need to do that. I don't need a fancy website. I just want to get out and, and have my podcast be able to be subscribed to. So totally. it is lovely to have that. And of course, yes, we do have like, you know, fancy people like Joe Rogan hosts with um, Lipson and and he's he's a Lipson customer and he's been with us for obvious for a long time. Obviously, his show is like the biggest show in the whole entire planet. And then at the same time, we have just like the everyday podcasters, the ones that just, you know, want to give it a go and you just you can do whatever you want with it. So by the way, I don't know if you know this off the off the top of your head. When did Joe Rogan start his podcast? Dude, I don't know. No, I I mean, it's my 2014. Do you oh, know yeah. that or no? I do oh, it is. Yes. 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 So but I don't know if the top of my head. I would Google it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just curious if he's been podcasting before it became a thing and he was part of it becoming a thing. Because in the beginning, oh, yeah. it was like, it was like Mark Marin and Alicia right. Tyler. And like, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. Yeah. 
Aisha Tyler. Is that her that's name? Right. How do you say her name? Aisha Tyler. Aisha. Yeah. Aisha Tyler. Aisha yeah. Tyler. No, but yeah. actually, he started. The, it, I mean, I just googled it for you. <laughs> so this is what Google says. Uh, <laughs> December twenty fourth, two thousand and nine. Oh wow, two thousand and nine. Yeah. What do you think? And. Uh, Again, you guys, I did not prep Elsie with any questions. So like, this is all like just genuine curiosity. What do you think Joe Rogan did in his, because Mark Maron has been around just as long too. Like Mark Maron, for those of you who don't know, is, is a, a comic turned podcaster. He had Obama that he was like really the first one that, that had like Obama on his podcast, which really was a significant um, like catapult ahead for the podcasting industry. But what do you think Joe Rogan did um, in his journey that has him become like really a household name globally. I feel like everybody knows the Joe Rogan podcast, just everybody, even people that don't know anything about podcasts, they still know his. Can you pinpoint maybe one essential thing that he's done in his journey? Well, he's kept podcasting. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, what's so funny. No, I I mean, I mean, I wish that I can, I I would be able to give you like a link to this. And, and unfortunately I I don't have it off the top of my head. And I tried to Google it as you were asking me this question. Cause I was like, I know exactly how I know the answer to this. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. So my co-host Rob Walsh, who is the VP of podcaster relations at Lipson um, for the co-host of the other show, the feed that I have. So there was somebody that asked on Quora, about Joe Grogan. And they asked like, what, why is it so popular? Or like, what can I do or something like that? And he actually broke it down into like 10, like the top 10 things. And it's like the most loved answer in like Quora for that question, because everybody loves to like, everybody loves to read what Rob had to say. And part of it is that it really is just because number one, he's really curious about his subject mm. matter. He is like yeah. crazy curious about his subject matter. He goes super deep into whatever it is that he's doing. He's always done it his way. Like he's, he literally just do does what he wants to do. And he's really stuck to his guns and it like slowly started to grow based on that. Also, you know, I don't just, count the fact that his, that his users, like not users, his yeah. his listeners is a very specific demographic, right? It's, mm. I would venture to say, largely male, largely possibly a little bit on the tech savvy side, right? Mm. So there's a, yeah. a level of geekiness that had, had come into the mix and coming right. in at 2009, there wasn't anything that was like his show at that time. Like there right. really wasn't anything in that form factor. Yeah. And it also provided like all and mind you he's like a big dude and he like uses his body like there's all of these little extra x factors that i think really played into his mix and he also did come from a from being on tv for a little bit so that's that's not mind you that's not a way that you can succeed because there have been a lot and you in fact you probably haven't heard of these people because their podcast failed really fast and they just Mm -hmm. went away so being on TV or being famous doesn't automatically get you a pass when it Completely. comes to getting an audience. Um, there are very few people that continue to to be amazing based on that. I think the essence of what you're saying, and I'm so happy that this is where it, it landed. And I want to look up that Quora thing. I'll have um, our team mm-hmm. try to find it as well. If you could send it to us, we'll put it in the show notes. But the essence of what you're saying and why it's so important. And I didn't know this was going to become an interview about the industry of podcasting itself. But it's 
being connected to the why, I'm going to be really open and vulnerable for a second and a little bit embarrassingly so. So um, I've been doing this Women in Tech podcast since um, I started producing it in 2014. It went live in 2015. And I'm really connected to the why of like, I wanted to create a positive piece of content where listeners walk away feeling if she can do it, so can I. And there's a lot of things in my background that make me really connected to wanting to share that. The reason I'm repeating that now is all day today, I felt so sick. (laughs) I've been really sick. I struggled to get out of bed. And you probably couldn't tell in my voice because I showed up, but I didn't show up because I had to show up. I showed up because I am that subconsciously and organically excited to celebrate you and to celebrate the guests that I have on the show that no matter what my mind and my body may be experiencing, like the second we turn off the mic or the second before the mic turns on, like it is, I'm so connected to my why. It's how I'm able to power through 10 interviews in a foreign country when I haven't slept for days and I'm just so wiped out. And it's how I'm able now to like peel myself out of bed feeling just like, oh, and you saw my face before we started. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I look destroyed, you know? But like, you can't hear any of that tired, um, like, you know, tiredness in my voice. Because I'm just organically stoked and grateful to celebrate you. And I feel like that's what you're sharing about Joe Rogan is he is so genuinely and organically curious. And that's what you're mm-hmm. sharing about your love for the podcasting space and why so many people. I mean, what do you have, like 16,000 people in, in the She Podcast groups? Yeah. Something crazy. I know. Like, it went that's, out, why, yeah. that's why so many people are connected to She Podcast because you are so organically connected to empowering women in podcasting. And like I, I I'm kind of, I'm probably going on a tangent, but like, can you share a little bit about your why with everybody? Because that's it's just I think that's important for everybody to remember. It's not about the metrics, it's not about the vanity, it's about why we're showing up. Right. And, and, you know, and mind you, I have to also be transparent in the fact that I don't listen to Joe Rogan. And I have, I think I I have listened to maybe half of one of his episodes. I am not his target person. I am not like, I am not a fan. Like I just, I'm not, I admire what he has done and I break it down in, in a very intellectual sense. (laughs) He's not my dude. You know what I mean? I'm like, not in my, uh, no, I don't, I'm a podcast listener, like hardcore, but that's not my guy. But, um, so anyway, but going back to my why it really is for me, it has always been about finding my voice and that's why I start. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I always lead with podcast as a tool for personal transformation as quirky and as weird as that might sound, I came from a uh, you know a world or a life or a culture where women are not necessarily inspired to speak or taught to speak up for themselves. It's a little bit more of a you know be quiet, look pretty, um, but don't really say anything. And and that's where I can you know I and I'm a really really super like. Um, shy person, not very assertive. And so uh, the world kind of rolled over me pretty hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) And I made choices that were possibly not in any way, shape or form good for me because I kept quiet. I felt that I could not speak up and own up to myself or, or be angry or, um, yeah, I let, allowed people to get away with so many different things. And, um, 
through I did acting for a long time, my outlet was that I was able to be somebody else, right? So I was able to speak up as somebody else, not as myself. And then I started teaching yoga and that kind of empowered my body in a different way. And it empowered my breath in a different way. And I started to find a little bit more. And then I kind of came into podcasting and podcasting presented a lovely opportunity because I was able to use my voice. I was able to practice speaking up. I was able to practice talking about things that really matter to me. And I was also able to be not being seen. Like I tend to present into the world as one way. I happen to have been blessed with very good genes all the way around. <laughs> so I have a presence physically that is appealing and it's qualified as nice to look at in our world. And as much as that is a plus, it is also very detrimental because people cannot get past the physical appearance. And I'm sure that that happens sometimes a lot for other people based on other things, whether it's, you know, weight or whether it's hair color or skin color or whatever. And so people tend to make judgments based on that. Podcasting gave me the opportunity to have people connect with me via my voice, not by what I look like. And that to me was fundamentally life changing. It gave me the opportunity to practice because I'm still speaking up. You know, I'm still trying to be better. I'm still trying to say the words that need to be said when it really, really matters. But um, the microphone gave me the opportunity. It was like a crutch for me, right? Um, to be able right. to use it that way, but then it helped me in real life. That said, even with that, it also gave me a creative outlet. It gave me like um, confidence to figure out so much about tech that I didn't know before. Like I was completely tech phobic before starting podcasting. And then all of a sudden I was like, how, what is that? What is that? How do you record that? Like, how, what, how do you make the sound be small, short, like below the other one? And how do you make this loud? And how do you make that? Where does it go? And so I had to ask a lot of really hard questions and feel kind of very dumb or very kind of like <laughs> just ignorant about so much. And then slowly work myself up to a place where now I can speak pretty, um, eloquently about all kinds of tech things that go on behind the scenes when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> How did you, you said you discovered podcasting. So what was, do you remember what that first discovery of podcasting was for you? Because podcasting led you to tech, but how, what led you to podcasting? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Do you remember what that first discovery of podcasting was for you? Because podcasting led you to tech, but how? What led you to podcasting? Well, actually, it, it was because I got a I got an i one of those iPod fifth generations with a little video for Christmas one year. It right? was two thousand and five is when I got that little iPod, and like I said before, I wasn't very techy, so all of my music at that time was in DVDs. So even though I had this like iPod. I had no idea how to get things into it. Like I had a computer. I knew that you were supposed to go into iTunes. 
but I wasn't gonna because you know I was young and I was like I'm not gonna buy that same album I already have the album <laughs> so right you know <laughs> and so like I'm like I'm not gonna spend any other money and I didn't understand how to get my DVDs into like it seems so hard dude it seems so hard think about how much we had to burn the things and then put them up and oh, upload them and, and I was like oh my god no 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 and so I was like okay I want to use my little device but I have no music so I went into iTunes and iTunes had podcasts in there and I was like okay so I will put these things in my device because I want to use it and that's how it started. It literally started from me looking at iTunes, looking at the little catalog and and searching for things. I like I downloaded a computer class podcast <laughs> and I downloaded a podcast about podcasting and I downloaded an anatomy course, like start to finish an anatomy and physiology course from an, a university because I was teaching yoga at that time. And I thought I can learn all these things. So those were the first podcasts that I started listening to was like pure education. And I fell in love with the medium from then on. I, I love it. And a lot of people ask me, is it too late to get into podcasting? I mean, I think I saw, maybe I saw this on the She, she Podcast group, the podcasting just hit a million podcasts. Is that right? Yes, um, you are correct. So like, Elsie, is it too late to get into podcasting? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you probably get that question all the time. (laughs) Well, you know, people keep asking me that. And you know, it's so funny. I just answered. I don't know if it's going to be published or not, but I was just asked this question to answer that it had something. It didn't have to do with this specific question you just asked. But like they asked me, like, what does it mean now that we passed one million podcasts? Right. As if like the Mm -hmm. world is now, oh, oh my God, it's one million. And then my response was like. Well, there are around 130 million books. So we're on our way. <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I was wondering like, how many YouTube channels like, there what? are. There's, there's well, like a zillion. I know. And so then I'm thinking like, to me, books is like, there's no time. Like I could never tell somebody, no, don't write a book. There's already right. so many. If right. you want to write a book, but write a book. You know, just oh, wait, do no, write actually, it. Can- Let's stay on that for a moment because that's something that I think a lot of us can benefit from. So you say, if you want to write a book, write a book. Now, I've been writing a book. And one of the things that comes up for me, and I think a lot of people listening probably experience this too, which is why I'm going to share it. I have have that imposter syndrome. Like, uh, I'm sure people don't want to read my book. Like something like this already exists. Like, why should I write this book? It's just not needed. And who I think about is actually James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. Now, there are a lot Mm -hmm. of books on how to create a habit. I'm sure like zillions of books and audio and blah, blah, blah. I discovered James Clear Atomic Habits and the way in which he delivered the information about transforming your habits really resonated with me in a way that I was able to take action. And it was his particular style that worked for me and had a tremendous positive impact on my life. So think about if you don't write that book that you want to write because you feel that there's already a lot of it or there's no space for you. Think about that person who's missing out from being impacted by you because it's your voice that they would feel connected to and that would inspire them to lead them in the path that would make their life more fruitful. That's my yep. little I, I completely, I completely <laughs> agree. I, co- I mean, 100% agree because... Again, even if it's just one person, I mean, I cannot even tell you, and I'm sure that you've gone through this too, Esprit, where it's like, when you ask somebody for help about, you know, what you should do about whatever, you know, insert issue. (laughs) And then they give you a solution. 
Like they give you a solution. They go like, you know, you should really do this, this and this. And then you kind of like look at that and you're like, you know, I don't think I want to do that. Or you dismiss it or you think that there's a different answer or whatever. And then somebody else says the same thing to you and you're like, nah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's my thing. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe, but not really. And then you deny, deny, deny until the right person comes and gives you the, the, the answer again. And it's been the same one, but it was the right time, the right vehicle, the right voice, the right moment. And at that time it lands and it's going to be that last person that's going to be imprinted in their understanding. It's going to be that last person that you're going to look back and go, oh, yeah, you know, that's where I heard it first. And that's why for me, anytime I have any transformation, like whenever I find that solution, I, I read that book, I listen to that show. And for me, podcasts were that. And so I go back and that's why I'm so passionate about it, because in the act of podcasting changed my life. But the listening to podcasts changed my life. And a lot of the podcasts that I listen to that changed my life no longer exist. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm so sad that they pod faded. But I'm just saying that these people truly asked some questions that really forced me to question my life choices. And they weren't like self-help, like they were not in any way like self-help type of podcast. Like it wasn't that. It was just the conversation that they were having either with themselves, with other people, whatever. It really was a conduit for me listening, truly listening. And so no, do it because you never know when your words are going to land with somebody. Given that though, given that though, (laughs) I feel that audio is really hard to fake. So when you do get behind the mic, it's like when you were talking, Esprit, I could feel I could feel the truth behind your words. Like you were feeling like crap, but there's something bigger that brings you to the mic. And when you step into that, that carries in through the voice because it's a whole body experience. And there's a lot of us that right. And so but when you get behind the mic and you're just doing it by rote, you can sense that. You can sense that. And that's what sometimes people attune to it. And maybe they don't know why. Like maybe that show is absolutely an incredibly produced show, very well researched, like super fancy. And it sounds amazing and everybody loves it. But maybe it's just not reaching you. And that's okay because there's something that's, you know, doesn't sync up with you. Before we jump into my next question, let's just make sure that everybody has the She Podcast destinations because genuinely it it is like, I I don't say this lightly. If you could only have, and I hope I don't get in trouble with all my other podcasting peers, but I have said this on stage and everywhere. And I mean it, if you, if you are a woman in podcasting and you can only choose one place to get your podcasting information and community from, it would be she podcast hands down. Like, um, and again, I'm sorry to all my podcasting friends. I don't know at the top of my mind who I'm leaving out, but that just, I've always (laughs) felt that way. I've always shouted that from, from, from the, you know, the rooftops. And I continually, I mean, how long has She Podcast Group been around now? 2014. Whoa, since I started. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Weird, right? And it, it's like many things happened at that time. It's like many it all things. like... It all lined up. started. Yeah. I know. Six years. And I'm telling you, it's this collaborative community. If you're looking 
what kind of equipment should I get? I'm scared. Or how do I get more listens? Or, hey, recently I saw, hey, I'm spending money on Pinterest ads. And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was able to say, hey, how's it working for you? And you get these transparent answers. It's like a really collaborative community of people all you know, podcasting for for reasons that are very meaningful. So where can they find the She Podcast Group? And I know since in the six years, you've built other resources as part of the She Podcast ecosystem in addition to the Facebook group. So if you could just share that with us before we jump into our next question, I think it would just add so much value to everybody's life that wants to get involved in podcasting. Sure. So we started actually She Podcast, the podcast came first there was, it was a really crazy story really quickly, but just in terms of this, the resources and the history behind it, my co-creator, co-partner, Jessica Kupferman, she started this Facebook group. I think it was called Women in Podcasting right around 2014. And she started it because she wanted to talk to other women podcasters. And it was really an intimate little group. And um, she invited me to be part of it. And I was so excited. It was like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do something like this so much. And since I was, I've been in podcasting by that time since 2006. So I had lots of people that I knew. So I invited like, I don't know how many people are invited in there where that grew hugely because of the of my connections. And in the conversation inside of the group, they started to go, why isn't there a podcast about podcasting from the women's point of view? And so Jess and I kind of got together and we created She Podcasts. Like we changed the name. She Podcast was the podcast. She Podcast and the group became She Podcast. We just changed the name of that group. So that was a first resource. Through the years, we've created so many different things. But now our main source of being able to help people is that we have a Patreon. It's super accessible. It's like at this moment, it's $5 a month, y'all. It's crazy. So we have a Q&A every single week where we answer in-depth questions inside of that group. And because there's so many questions in the 16, you know, 16,000 people questions that it's really hard to get through the noise sometimes. So we really spend time with answering in-depth questions in that group. And they get like bonus things. Like we just had a lunch when we went to PodFest and it was just lovely. So that's one way. And then She Podcasts Live, which is our live event. And who knows what's going to happen now with that, but I'm just speaking it right now just because you never know when you're going to hear this sometime in the future. Um, she Podcasts Live <laughs> is the, I know, the con- conference for women podcasters. And we were kickstarted funded. Um, We hit our goal by 200%. And we were blown away because we decided not to have any sponsors (laughs) at the beginning, like at all. We were like, we're not taking sponsors doing the Kickstarter because we wanted to make sure that the community wanted this. And they showed us with their money (laughs) and with the (laughs) 700 plus women that attended the conference right out of the gate, making us like the third largest podcasting conference in the United States, like our first year, which was insane. But, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. But we are still at this moment. It's in mid-October in Arizona. And um, it's going to be, I mean, um, who knows what the word, I keep saying that because I don't even know yeah. what's going to happen. But, hey, yeah. but we're still on the hook. So it's still happening where, I mean, the only thing that's going to stop that conference from happening is if the world says you cannot fly, you cannot go here. Right. That's right. really the, right. the thing. But those are like and- our, our resources right now that we have. 
it's just an amazing ecosystem and the basis of your whole She Podcast ecosystem is so sincere and meaningful. There's been several times in uh, early in my career that I contacted Jessica to help me with sponsorship guidance and to help me with self-worth issues, <laughs> you know? And, um, and she like struggled through it. And I know, you know, it's like, come on, wake up. Like you're worth it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know? And so... Um, I just between you and Jessica, it's such a great community. One of my favorite questions to ask guests is what um, what is an obstacle that you've successfully overcome in your career and how did you overcome it? Successfully overcome in my career. Oh, I think that, you know, one of and and since it's it's a career because this is what I am. I think one of the first things is that I changed the label that I use to describe myself like that was a huge learning opportunity for me. Um, the world chose the labels that it gave me a lot of the time, you know, and I did this exercise with a coach once where she had us write down all the names that the world calls you like on one list and like every single label, like not just in one thing, but like, you know, daughter, um, singer, uh, dancer, you know, whatever, sister right. or whatever, anything that you waitress, like whatever you're doing at the time, like just that list. Right. Then the next part was like all the labels that you want to be called. You write that down, yeah. like all the things that you want the world to call you. And then you had to look at the li- at both of those lists and then also let go of the words or the labels that no longer serve you. So I had to look at some of those labels that I saw there and I had to let go of some really big identity ones, like very Ooh. big, ide- like ones that you've been like you've been known for for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was yoga teacher because I taught yoga for over a decade and it kind of really, it would infuse everything that I do. Like even with uh-huh. my email address right now that I still have that I haven't really changed, the right. the label yogi, I came up with that word like right when I started to get into the internet because I think it quantified who I was at that time. I was like, oh, it's yoga and I'm a geek too. I'll put it together. And I really like that was my persona. And then I realized that wasn't serving me anymore. I, I just, that wasn't me anymore. And I started to like need more and I labeled myself a podcasting advocate and a podcasting mentor. That's what I am. That's who I am. And those terms are not particularly used very much, particularly podcasting advocate, because <laughs> what the heck is that, right? Like, yeah. what, what does that even mean? And see, part of me deciding that is that I got to tell the world what to call me. And therefore, I started to own it up. Like, that's what I write in my bio. That's who I am. I defined what a podcasting advocate is. And I led right. with that. And now the world calls me that because huh. I chose it. And so in terms of career wise, that has been the biggest thing because I lead with podcasting advocacy. That's what I that's what I lead with. That's my conversation. And I teach it to my women that work independently with me because I have a mentorship uh, experience that I put on twice a year. And those women get to really get into my head and into the framework that I use to really ground into your show and who you are at a much deeper, deeper level. And that was huge for me, Esprit. Like I didn't know, but people would hire me to do this. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, who's going to pay me? to go through this thing that is so bizarre. Like it's not marketing. It's not like, you know, it's not like monetization. It's not like it's all of these things. And I, I was floored 
by how how life transformative it was <gasps> for me to do that. When they changed my the way that I chose to be seen or talked about in the world. With intent. And you yeah. shifted that label before you started working with Libsyn. Libsyn found you once oh. you had shifted that label? Oh, no, no, no. This was a recent thing. This was like, well, recent as in like, let me see. When when did I do that? Oh, it was after the election. <laughs> it was after the, ele- the last election where I was a puddle of, uh, there were all these other things that were happening at that time where I, I really felt powerless completely disempowered, anxious, like a level of anxiety I haven't felt, I don't think ever, like almost borderline panic. I, I can't, I mean, whatever other negative thing, I could just insert it into that. <laughs> that was me. And I was feeling all the things. And there came a point where I was like, what is it that I need to do now? Like what? I don't know. I, I'm so lost. And there was a point where in me sitting and really talking with myself and reaching out to people that I really, really trusted, they kind of walked me through sort of like an internal walking through fire, if you will. It was like literally a rebirth. And I came out of it with this sense of purpose that was fundamentally life-changing for me, where I was finally able to own my voice and be able to say, this is what I'm about. This is what I teach. My wisdom comes from these places. Right. And you're welcome to work with me from this space because I, I'm not going to label it anything else. And it worked. And it's, you know, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I love I'm proud of you too. And you know, what's so cool about what you're sharing is and and please, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it means if you ever wanted to, if you felt it wasn't in alignment with you anymore because you got to a different stage, a different area, a different interest, you give yourself permission to reinvent again if you wanted to. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, absolutely. And that's why it's so great in terms of podcasting as well. You don't have to keep podcasting in the same way that you did when you started. Like, it's all right if you're finished with a show. It's okay if it's not working anymore. It's all right if you want to put it down. And it's also okay to keep going and to start something new, right? We, for some reason, think that if we pod fade a show, it's because we failed. But dude, I'm not doing the same things I was doing five years ago. I can tell you that right now. I'm not doing the same things I was doing 15 years ago. I mean, other than podcasting, but, but it's like, but seriously, that we are changing our, our habits change our the things that we love, like, as in like everyday things that we love. Like I really love to wear like black clothes or something. And then like all of a sudden find yourself 15 later, 15 years later that you're like, I don't want any black clothes in my wall, in right. my closet. I want to have this. Right. So why do we think, why do you think that we need to hold on to that? And I just realized, you know, when I was going through my labels that in myself, it really, really took me, oh my gosh, I kid you not, dude, like three years to let go of my identity wrapped around being yogic, being that yoga, that yoga girl. Huh. Like everything was wrapped into that. And I felt like if I let go of that, it was so scary. Like I literally, I could not do it. There were so many, I mean, it was the anxiety, dude, of going, this is so 
totally lame, but I remember going inside of Twitter, right? I was on Twitter and my handle used to be Yogeek at Yogeek, Y-O-G-E-E-K. And that was my first handle forever, right? And then I'm sitting there going like, I got to change it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it to my name. It's going to be my name. It's going to be my name. And I sat there and I was like, no, I can't do it. Like it took me, it literally took me almost a month. Is that not the lamest thing ever? But then when I I did it, it was like, Oh my God, I am the LCS Gavar. Like, I, I guess that's my handle now. But it was like, it finally hit me. And I was like, okay, it was still scary and it still felt really weird, but it, it felt so much better. Like, thank, I'm not, I'm not that person. I just can't be that person anymore. I've outgrown that person. Wow. So. I I relate because I remember with my um, sports company that I built, I built the first action sports social network. And when it was time to move on from that, I didn't know who I was without that. And so that was a very interesting life journey. And I feel like you're really pulling on my heartstrings because I'm going through that again, but in a different way. But maybe it's not so different because what I'm going through is my whole career, I've I've showed up extroverted. I mean, even on this podcast, I show up extroverted, right? But I've become actually incredibly introverted, like just really, really introverted in my, in my personal life. And, um, it's very painful for me to like go to events and socialize in big groups. I'm just, I can't, like, it's exhausting for me and I don't mind being introverted, but because the whole world, I feel like, I feel like the whole world expects me to be this extroverted, charismatic person at all times. And I also expect it of myself. It's been, I'm in it right now. I'm in the thick of that transition. It's been this conflict of like, these things that I built when I was in a very extroverted space aren't in alignment within me anymore, but I have to force myself to be what they need me to be because I don't want to give up and I'm not a quitter, you know? And it's just right, this yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've taken a lot out of what you just shared because I think I'm going to take it to help me in that redefining phase that I'm going through that I am having a hard time making sense of. <laughs> I know. I know. And I think that part of it is that you have to sit with that too. And and what does it look like given what you have, right? Because that's one thing I asked myself really deeply was, you know, when I let go of sort of that identity, I, I was thinking that I in some way failed or that I no longer, like people weren't going to look at me for like being for yoga help or for anything that's deeper within them. Like people weren't going to come to me for that. And one of the things that I realized is that that part of me, that sort of like wise healer person within me is always within me. And I tend to bring that to anything that I'm doing. Mm. (laughs) So, so I don't have to have a name for it. Right. I, I can just do my work and, and that actually released my ability to, because I was putting my, I was putting myself in little silos. Like I can only teach this type of whatever in the yoga room. I can only teach this type of podcasting thing to podcasting. Like I can't take any of that to the other things. And I had siloed them off. And then I finally started to think like, if I work from my core, from my value system, if I work from my mission, like we were talking about the beginning, the thing that makes you passionate all of these parts right. of myself come into the mix, right? I don't have to lead with it. Like people aren't going to go like, this is a yoga podcasting class. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, no, that's totally. not what it is. You're just working with me. 
and you get these things. Bonus. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. First of all, I also love that you say dude like I do. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is so refreshing. I'm like a dude person. Uh, Like it never. Me too. Dude, rad, all the things. Where can people find you online? I know on your infamous Twitter handle or where should people (laughs) connect with you? I am now the Elsie Escobar everywhere. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, And I have a Facebook page. I really dislike Facebook. Like the only reason I'm there is primarily for work purposes, meaning, you know, managing she podcasts and, and I, I really don't do much with my profile or any DMs or anything like that on Facebook. It's just out of, I just, no, no, no. Um, I'm primarily on Twitter and then I will occasionally pop into Instagram. um, But um yeah, I'm I'm like you. I'm actually quite an introverted person. And so um <laughs> I tend to come up like like a little butt, like a little like I I think myself a little animal, like a mole. Like I think that that's like a little mole like underneath and then they pop up and you're like, "Oh my god, how cute." And then they go back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. That's exactly how I feel. I know. I was like, that is "Okay, 100% how I feel." <laughs> I love yeah. that. Can you spell your name for everybody so that they could find you really easy? Yes, my name is E-L-S-I-E and Escobar as in Pablo, Pablo Escobar, not not related, uh, E-S-C-O-V-A-R. <laughs> and two last little tiny questions is what is your favorite book and what is your favorite tech tool? It can be app, uh, website, hardware, anything. So fave book and fave tech tool. Oh my gosh, it's going to have to be like, okay, so this is number one. I Again, I'm a podcast fanatic, so I'm going to give you two apps just because they're in my life every single day. One of them is my favorite podcast app, which is Castro. Castro, C-A-S-T-R-O. They are my dream podcast consumption app. They work the way my brain works. I wish that I would have like, I don't know, like that company, I love their their design, the way that you, their usability, their UI, like all the UI stuff in there is mind-blowing. So I'm a huge fan of Castro. I use it every single day. That's how I consume all of my podcasts. And then I have another one that is, again, listening only, but I'm a huge advocate for the library um, because I love books <laughs> and audiobooks are the only way I can actually read. And so um, it's Libby. The Libby app, L-I-B-B-Y, which is you can essentially listen to audio. Well, it's audio and and ebooks uh, for free. Essentially, you can you have access if you have a library card from anywhere in the United States. You can input it inside of the Libby app, and then you can you can actually listen to or read if that's your thing every single book that you possibly could want in the whole entire planet, and it's there. And I love it. So um, that's. That's one thing. That's a good reminder. There's also um, Hoopla is connected to the library too. If to get um, online entertainment like movies and stuff, um, uh, at least with my library card. So that is really a great reminder for Castro. How is Castro different than the other listening apps? I I know design and UI, but what core feature in the functionality makes it um, a unique listening experience? I think for me, it's because it's 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 kind of has it's built on three separate views, if you will. There is essentially a play, like a playlist. There is an like a how would I say it like a, a mailbox, like where every like an inbox. So there's like an inbox. There's a playlist. There's an inbox. And then they have your library. 
So what happens is whenever you subscribe to a, a show in there, you can design where you want it to go. So it can go directly into your inbox or it can go directly into your playlist, because which is already curated for you. Um, or you can actually have it not do anything. So it can actually go... Str- like I'm subscribed to so many different shows that never make it into the inbox and never make it into my playlist, but that I still want to be subscribed to because they are like in my occasional love. Like I will occasionally go in there and binge listen and stuff like that, but they're, they're still in my app, but I don't have to see them. So that's great. They're removed. (laughs) So I can go in there and get them anytime. And then what I love about the inbox is like those in those ones that land in my inbox, I can see that there's a latest episode. And then if I want to listen to that, like they just come in like in your email, like imagine it, like how your email has an inbox. And then the way you process email, you either like immediately respond to it or you delete it or you archive it, right? So you kind of do the same thing with podcast episodes. So they come inside your inbox and then you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's the latest episode of We Are LA Tech. I want to listen to that. And then I just li- and I press the button and it automatically goes to my playlist. Or maybe you're, re- you're you know interviewing somebody that I'm not too much of a fan of or I have no interest. Then all I do is I archive that specific show, but you're still going to show like your next episode is still going to come into the inbox. It's super easy for me to curate. And that way I have an, a running list constantly of my favorite things that are on that playlist. So I can just press play and it just goes. Like I don't have to think about it. I love um, it. So yeah, anyway, that's what makes it different. <laughs> you sold me. I'm going to check out Casper. Thank you so much for spending your time with the Women in Tech podcast. And I could talk to you uh, for, uh, for so long, but I'm just, I'm really appreciative. I'm appreciative that you paid attention to me. Like I said, you guys, I wrote a Medium post about podcasting because I loved podcasting and I just wanted to show up to the world of podcasting in 2014 before podcasting became the thing that it is today and Elsie was paying attention she was one of like probably three to five people <laughs> that viewed my post at the time and you know she jaded it, it i think it's still relevant today it's like a, a resource list to how to get into podcasting but like the point is it doesn't matter whether you have you know a, a handful of people or a million people what matters is who's listening and and how you engage with one another and i'm just so grateful that you've um you sharing your time on the show and and allowed me the space and to stop being mushy. If you want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world, remember to go to the women in tech Facebook group at women in tech VIP.com. That's women in tech VIP.com takes you straight there. Say hello on social at women in tech show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Elsie Escobar from She Podcast and Community Manager over at Lipson. And I am based in North Carolina. And you are listening to Women in Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We are L.A. Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Dan Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world 
blows my mind. And her book is insanely well-written. Right when I picked it up, I didn't want to put it down. She teaches me and us how to become the asset, how to be our best selves, and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves, but creates an abundance of opportunity for others. I'm so proud to share her book with you, and I hope you'll pick it up. And I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned. Get It's About Damn Time at itsaboutdamntime.com. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.